welcome everybody to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. I am your host. It's wonderful to have you here today. We have an exciting show for you. We're going to join my guest, my uh, expert dating coach from Mode One, Ro- Alan Roger Curry. We're going to be talking about um, the. We're discussing the effectiveness of erotic dirty sex and dirty talk, and uh, and we're going to I quickly identify manipulative time waster types. We're also going to get into first date sex. I know a lot of you guys uh, on my Facebook page want to talk about this subject. Um, here is the guy who can get this handled and show you how it's done if you've never had first date sex before. So we're going to get right into that. So I want you to give us uh, a warm welcome uh, for my guest. That is Alan Roger Curry. He is the host of Blog Talk Radio's Mode One. He's got eight seasons completed, 215 guests interviewed, 272 episodes recorded, and millions of downloads. He is the most listened to dating and relationships program on Blog Talk Radio, and he's back for another season, season nine. In fact, I was on his show a couple of years ago, and later when this show is done, I'll post uh, our old show from a couple of years ago. So, welcome, uh, Alan. How are you? How are you doing today? Oh, thank you for having me, Linda. I'm going to give a quick <laughs> correction. Actually, my show on Blog Talk Radio is called Upfront and Straightforward, but a lot of people think it's called Mo One. That's the na- actually the name of my first book. It's called Mo One. Let the women know what you're really thinking. My bad. Okay. Oh no so, problem. No problem. <laughs> up. Say it one more time. Upfront and personal. Upfront and straightforward. Upfront and straightforward. All right. We're, we'll give that um, announcement again at the end of the show because. We are having two days of double trouble. Today, Alan (laughs) is visiting my show, and tomorrow, I'm going to be visiting his show. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the program, but uh, let's get right to it. We're going to bounce off your your book, um, The Possibility of Sex, and we're going to talk about some of the tenets and some of the things that you write about in that book it's just so funny it's it's like you're a brother from a different mother it's almost like they both gave us um an order to go and write a book about dating and relationships and uh it's so funny how we are on the same page with uh, what we're writing about we're we're not even in the same city we didn't even know each other at the time that we wrote our books but uh you know my book is from the female perspective. Your book is from the male perspective. But I think we're both getting this subject handled, done, over with. Like this is the gold plate, the gold standard of how to get this done, how to how to win over women. So I'm very excited to talk about your book. And you have it uh, both in the Kindle ebook version as well as the audio book. Um, so let's talk about some of the tenets here. You talk about the reciprocator. So tell us about your four tenets in your book, and uh, I guess we'll start with the reciprocator. Yeah, in my books I discuss, I tell men that there are four categories of women 
that they're going to cross paths with in today's dating scene, particularly once they express what their romantic or sexual desires, interests, and intentions are. And those four categories would be the reciprocators. That would be a woman that if I tell let her know what my romantic and, and sexual desires and interests are, she's going to immediately let and straightforwardly let me know that she's pretty much on the same page as me, that she has many of the same desires that I do, the same interests that I do. And that's the type of woman that any man will be lucky to interact with because they will make it clear to each other from the get-go that, hey, we're both attracted to each other. We're both interested in the same type of companionship. And then they just move forward from there. Um, now, now, what makes a woman be in this category? Because as you know, most men, in my opinion, are straightforward. But most women are not straightforward. So what, what puts a woman in this category that she's just willing to straight up, you know, be honest with you and direct with you? Well, I think uh, when a woman finds that within the first, I don't know, five to ten minutes of a conversation with a guy, she realizes that she's attracted to that guy. And that guy is not expressing an interest in companionship that either A, she's just flat out not interested in, or B, that she might be interested in but is wary of. Then she has no problem reciprocating that guy's interest. I would say the best example of that would be a woman who's looking for a long-term monogamous relationship with a guy, a boyfriend-girlfriend type relationship. And a man expresses to her that that's what he's looking for. And so when she's attracted to that guy and he expresses those particular desires and interests, she's usually not going to see a reason to play any head games or, or, or to reject him if she's attracted to him. So she's generally going to reciprocate. Or you have some women even who know they're interested in, say, short-term and or non-monogamous casual sex with a guy. And they, again, this type of woman has no motivation to engage in any type of head games. So she goes ahead and just reciprocates that guy once he's bold enough and confident enough to directly express those desires and interests. Hmm. So for the first category of women that you described, do you think it's the chicken or the egg? In other words, it's the woman and the woman's nature and the woman's character to be upfront and honest with you? Or do you think it's the man? It's the way that the man presents himself to the woman and that's how she has to respond. She has to respond in an honest manner because of the way he's presenting himself. I would say in general, I would say it's a blend of both. But if I had to lean towards one or the other, I think it's more so on how the guy presents himself. I think when you exhibit what I refer to as mode one behavior, which means expressing yourself verbally to a woman in a manner that's highly self-assured, unapologetic, upfront, specific, and straightforwardly honest, you pretty much put a woman in a position where she has no choice but to either reciprocate your desires and interests or reject your desires and interests. 
I agree with you on that. I think it really has to do more with how the man presents himself. So I, I know a lot of guys, they kowtow to women and they chase after women and they're drooling after women. And those, <laughs> it's almost like they're going to get the opposite result because women can sniff that fear from a mile away. They can, they can sniff that you are just not self-assured enough. Um, you don't have to be aggressive, you don't have to be on the attack, you don't have to be rude, you don't have to be an a-hole, but you do have to have that inner confidence, that inner self-assuredness to where she knows she can't run anything by you, she, that she can't play game on you, in other words. Exactly, I agree. And it, it's refreshing to hear a woman share that assessment with me. And with your second type of woman that you described, I write about that in my book, too, in Mastering Women, that there are exceptions to the rule. There are, uh, it's a small percentage, I would say probably less than 10% of women, because 90% of women do want a relationship, but 10% of women do uh, fit the exception to the rule category, and those are women who only want sex for sex. They, They could care less whether they're in a relationship or not. Um, you know, it might be somebody who's a new new divorcee. That's an exception to the rule. Or it might be somebody, unfortunately, who was abused, sexually abused as a child. So she's got, you know, a distorted view of sex. Her Her barriers are way lower than someone who is not abused as a child. So um, anyway, I do have three or four exceptions in the book as to somebody who is fine somebody who is a woman who is fine with having casual sex. So I agree with you on that too. If they're if they're in that exception list, then yes, they'd be more apt to be amenable to the guy's suggestion to just, you know, have a friends with benefit type of situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay, so coming up right after the break, we're going to talk about uh, the next category, which is the rejector. So we'll see you right after the break. I want your opinions on this uh, topic. Call us at 951-922-3532. That's 951-922-3532. See you after the break. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. 
The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women 2. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with the Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross, on KMET 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're on with Linda Gross. I am your host uh, of the Men's Advocate Show, and we're talking to my expert guest today, coach, dating coach Alan Roger Curry. We're um, talking about his book, which you can find on uh, ebook as well as the uh, Audibles, which is the uh, audio version of his book. And I'll post these links on my Facebook page after the show. We're talking about the possibility of sex, how naive and lustful men are manipulated by women regularly. You can also uh, listen and uh, view his Mode 1 book and also... Uh, Ooh, say it again. So um, he's written several books, several audio tapes. Uh, he's a dating coach, and I'm very excited to have him on with us today. So we're going to talk uh, in this next segment about the reject- rejector. So tell us what you mean by that, and who is the rejector? Well, the rejector is one of the two, what I refer to as the two non-manipulative types. The first one we already talked about, the reciprocators. And rejectors are similar to reciprocators in in terms of their communication style. They're very upfront, specific, and straightforward with men. They don't look to engage in misleading and or manipulative head games with men. The, The downside of rejector for men, of course, is that they straightforwardly communicate their lack of interest to a man. So when a man approaches them and lets her know what his romantic and or sexual desires, interests, and intentions are, she will quickly and straightforwardly let that man know that she just does not share the same attraction for him that he does for her and the same interest in sharing his company in a romantic and or sexual manner that he does for her. So she doesn't want to waste his time. She doesn't want him wasting her time. She's very to the point. So... Why do you think a woman becomes a rejector? Is it because something the guy is or isn't doing that just totally like turns her off and she's automatically dismissing him and say, hey, don't even don't even approach, don't even bother? Why do you think this occurs, this interaction occurs? Well, the easiest um, group of rejectors would be women who are married and not interested in cheating on their husband woman who's engaged, not interested in cheating on her fiance, and a woman who's in a long-term boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, and she's not interested in cheating on her boyfriend. So I would say that would probably be group number one. Group number two is a woman who just knows from a guy, combination of a guy's physical appearance and his, his body language and demeanor and disposition that he's just not her type. So she feels like it would be a waste of both of their times for them to move forward. 
Or and then the final group would be a woman. A man is interested in one type of companionship and she's interested in a different type. So, for example, man might be interested in a short term non-monogamous sexual relationship and she's interested in a long term monogamous romantic relationship or it could be vice versa or, or some variation of those two. And so they just she just feels like she's not on the same page as that guy in terms of his desires and interests. Hmm. That's hard to find find out what their <laughs> long term or short term disposition is before you've even like gone on a date or before you've even, you know, had had a chance to talk very much. Oh, it happens. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think it has a lot to do with the guy's demeanor. Um, most men, in my experience, do have a type. You know, if they like the redheads, they like the long legs, they like boobs, they like, you know, rear end, whatever it is. Most men do have a type. Most women, unfortunately, don't have a type. So the fact that he's not her type, it's, it's, I think it's rare for a woman to, like, have a predisposition as to what her type is. The smart women do have a type, <laughs> but that's not most women. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. I guess I didn't agree. I call them idiots because basically what they're saying is I don't even know what I want. So I'll just wait for you to, you know, uh, wine and dine me or take me on a date and I'll figure it out later. I'll figure out if you're, you know, ringing my bell later. So they they're waiting for the guy to convince them that they're worthy of this date. Most women come from that place. Mm-hmm. The, the okay. women who uh, have it going on and are smarter and sharper, they have decided, for example, if they don't want a non-smoker and you're a smoker, that's it. You're done. You know, I mean, they, they know what their type is. Or if, mm-hmm. they have, if the woman has an education and she requires her guy to have an education, boom, you're done. You know, it's like no, there's nothing to talk about. But that is the rare woman who has pre-thought all of that out before she's even met you. Well, I, I tend to meet, I've probably met more women who did have a, a quote-unquote type than I have women who didn't. I mean, I've, I've met probably a certain percentage of women who said, you know, it, it took them a few conversations, a few social interactions before they knew whether or not they were attracted to a guy or not attracted to a guy, but a lot of other women I talk to, yeah, they 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 know what they want, particularly like physically. A lot of women I've talked to, they know what they want physically. Um, so, yeah, I think it just just varies from woman to woman. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you say in your book that uh, the reciprocator and the rejector in your book, th- these people are non-manipulators. Yeah, these are women that are not looking to engage in what I refer to as manipulative head games they either they either want to let you know straightforwardly that they are interested in sharing your company or that they're not interested in sharing your company no no really in between and you attribute this uh possibly to because they have a high degree of morals and character and with that i really agree with you on that yeah i think women any person male female who's a a non-manipulative type to me, tends to have a higher degree of, of character and integrity than the more manipulative types. 
All right, so let's move on to type three, a pretender. Who is this type of woman? The wholesome pretender, that's the, the, the category of women I cover in my third and most recent audiobook entitled Ooh, Say It Again, Mastering the Fine Art of Verbal Seduction and Aural, A-U-R-A-L, Sex. And basically, a wholesome pretender, we were both agreeing earlier that it's rare if a woman just wants casual sex that she's going to straightforwardly say, yes, that's what I'm interested in. I find that the vast majority of women who are open to some type of promiscuous and or polyamorous sex, they don't tend to be upfront and straightforward about that because they want to protect their image as the quote unquote prudish or semi-prudish good girl, the monogamy oriented good girl. So a lot of women, if say I was to approach a woman in a social setting and let her know that I was just interested in casual sex, mm-hmm. The vast majority of women, they're going to have a, a somewhat a, either lightheartedly adverse reaction to that or more serious adverse reaction to that. Matter of fact, that's kind of how my mold one legend began in college was from dealing with women who are wholesome pretender types. I would have a lot of women who I would approach and I would let them know that I wasn't looking to be their next long term boyfriend or looking for anything serious. I would basically let them know I just was interested in casual sex. And for at least the first 5, 10, 15 minutes, they would say, oh, my God, I can't believe you're talking to me this way. I'm a respectable good girl and blah, 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 blah. And they would resist it. And I would just stand there or sit there looking at them like, yeah, whatever. And sure enough, I would stand my ground. And either minutes later, hours later, or in some cases, days later, weeks later, these women would give in to my request and we would end up having sex. Now, I've, I've had a lot of guys tell me that they have straight up at the beginning of the conversation or the date or whatever have told a woman they're just inter- interested in casual relationship, casual sex, and uh, they say that the women nod their heads and they say, yes, I understand, and yes, I agree, and I'm down for that too. And then meanwhile, it goes off a cliff after that that the women are <laughs> not down with that at all, but they're just not being honest with the guy. So um, I've had guys tell me that being honest with a woman in that, in that regard doesn't do any good. Well, that for, for So starters, what are they doing which, wrong? Well, what you described, that wouldn't be a wholesome pretender. That would be a manipulative time waster, which is the next category we're going to get in depth with. And that's what the possibility of sex centers around. But a wholesome pretender, she wants to have sex. She wants to have, she's open to have, she's either in one or two categories, either A, she's very enthusiastic about engaging in in one or more episodes of short-term and or non-monogamous sex, or she might be a woman who prefers to be, have sex within the context of a long-term monogamous relationship, but she, she realizes that you might be a guy who's more of a player an incorrigible womanizer, and she knows she accepts the fact that she's not going to change your attitude. So she basically, for lack of a better word, settles for having casual sex with you. But a wholesome pretender, at some point, she's going to give in if a guy is confident and persistent and stands his ground. So you're saying she's already there. She's already yeah, on she's, that edge. You she's just have there. to open the door. There you go. The only reason she's hesitating and kind of pretending 
that she's not interested is more so because she's self-conscious about her image and reputation. She, she, she's the type of woman that worries about what other people say about her behind her back. Like, in other words, she doesn't want to be called a hoe or slut or easy lay. She doesn't want to be called those terms. So she's going to initially have somewhat of an adverse reaction to such a straightforward approach. I mean, so if you're, we had, you're saying this person is very easily swayed by public opinion. So if you were both dropped on a desert island and they drop the guy on the left side of the island and the girl on the right side of the island and, you know, three hours later you guys meet up and if no one is there to witness it and no one will know, she would be jumping right in and not playing these oh, games. Oh, yeah, exactly. She would, then that wholesome pretender would start exhibiting the behavior of a reciprocator. Ah, because that's basically what a, a wholesome pretender in, in, in simple terms, in terms of my categories, is basically a woman who deep down is a reciprocator, but she's going to initially, temporarily, or even sometimes indefinitely give you the misleading impression that she's on the verge of being a rejector. So what advice do you give to the guys who do want a casual situation when they say that they can't get this job done, that they're not being effective? You know, the, the guy thinks he's communicated clearly what his intent is and uh, her actions and behaviors are something completely else. They're 100 degrees different than what he's saying. Well, for starters, one thing, one weakness I notice in a lot of men who were interested in casual sex is they're not smooth and seductive. And that's one of the reasons why I did my book, Who Said Again? Like Mo One covers the aspect of them being upfront, specific, and straightforward. But Who Said Again more so covers that it emphasizes that you also have to be verbally smooth and verbally seductive. You got to give a woman a compelling reason to engage in casual sex. And usually that compelling reason is is that you're going to please her and satisfy her in bed. Because no woman is going to have casual sex with a guy who she thinks is going to leave her feeling disappointed or, or frustrated after the episode of sex. So a guy, something about the way he talks to her, combined with the way he looks and his overall self-assured demeanor, has to convey to a woman that when I get you in bed, you're going to enjoy yourself. And you're going to have multiple orgasms. Cool. So on, let's, t let's talk a little bit more uh, after the break about how important it is to give women auditorily what they need to hear. So it's not just the words, but it's like you're saying, it's how you do it and the seduction and the way you do it could be the tone of your voice or the pacing of your voice. Let's talk a little bit about that. Right after the break, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Uh, call us at 951-922-3532. That's 951-922-3532. You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world. And you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head on over to Henson Brewing Company. Burbank's first craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. 
Coming Winter 2016. Henson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hi, guys. You've heard her on The Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman, and if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really like seemed to be great when you first met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good-looking or even even have money. Her book Mastering Women is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side, so buy her book Mastering Women. Buy for now and don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM. Where men can be men. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. If you happen to miss this show or any show for that matter, you can listen to us on the TuneIn app. Um, all you have to do is uh, d- go to Google TuneIn forward slash Linda Gross, and it will take you to any and all of my shows. Last week's show was on the human ATM. Do you think you're doing a good deed and get taken for a ride? Uh, we, talk, it, we talked about the story about the stepdad who bailed out of his stepdaughter's wedding, and I wanted you to listen to find out why that was in case you missed that show. So uh, tune in app forward slash Linda Gross will get get you there to that show as well as any any and all shows. All right, so before the break, we're talking with uh, my guest today, Roger, uh, Alan Roger Curry. He's an author. He's a dating coach. Um, we're talking about his book, The Possibility of Sex, and we were talking about the pretenders, and I want to go over the importance of how important it is for women and what you tell them. Men are very visually oriented, and the reason why that is, biologically speaking, is because way back in the day, 10,000 years ago, men would be constantly roaming. They'd maybe go from camp to camp every few days. They'd be roaming because they needed food and water, okay? So they might have exhausted their food supply food supply in one place, so after they were done you know, killing the animal or gathering the food, they would be on to the next, on to the next village, on to the next area. So they would visually need to see from the hill or the mountaintop who was that woman 
several hundred yards away, you know, maybe several football fields away, and they would visually have to see a certain shape to know that that woman is fit and worthy of his coming off the hill and, you know, going into the village to, you know, spread his seed, so to speak. So men are very visually oriented. Women are are oriented because of what they hear. And it's a very important technique. I think it's a technique that a lot of guys don't use. But we were talking um, about the pretender and how it's not necessarily what words you say, but it's more how you say them. Are you saying them with a certain tone? Are you saying it with a low voice? Are you saying it with pregnant pauses? Are you saying it that's an alluring way that just makes her like go into her head and start fantasizing. Ooh, what is it going to be like to be with Alan? So Alan, speak to that a little bit more because I know you understand this technique. Why is the auditory so important to a woman? Oh, you you pretty much expressed it. Yes. I would say in general, both men and women are both, visual and auditory to some degree of course but but where it splits as you alluded to is that for men they're significantly more visual than they are auditory and women on the other hand are significantly more auditory than they are visual and like a lot of my male clients and supporters would send me videos of guys who they felt were being mo one but these guys were getting rejected left and right and they would say hey alan you know what, here's this video, man. How do, what would be your analysis? What would be your assessment of what this guy, because it seems like he's more one. And like 95% of the time when I would watch these videos that these guys would send me, these guys on the positive end, a lot of these guys would be direct, but they wouldn't be smooth and seductive. And again, that's what prompted me to write my book, Said Again, because I wanted to let guys know that Number one, you have to use your eyes in a certain way as you're talking to a woman. Like I look directly in a woman's eyes anytime I'm interacting with her. So that's probably the most important nonverbal form of communication a guy has to master. And then as far as verbal, there's a certain tonation he wants to use. He wants to also generally lower the volume of his voice. He doesn't want to be too loud because you can have two a man saying the exact same thing, but it could have two different effects in two different ways. For example, let's say I approached Linda at a social event and I said, Hey, Linda, God, you're looking great. God, how you been doing? Hey, by the way, I want to have casual sex with you next Wednesday. You game? There was nothing smooth or seductive about that approach. That was just too perky, too loud. Whereas, in contrast, with someone like me, if if Linda, say, was, I knew she was a single woman and I approached her, I would say, so Linda, I would very much love to share your company at some point in the next two to three weeks. And if she was to ask me, well, why do you want to share my company? I would lean into her left ear that this is in my book, I call it the left ear zone. So the first thing I would do actually is look at her response to me leaning into her left ear. And if I noticed that she was say to step back or lean back, 
then that would let me know that something about my presence is making her wary of me. So I would generally continue to keep my conversation fairly tame. But if I felt like she was receptive to my body language, in other words, she wasn't adjusting her body, she was allowing me to speak in a half whisper tone in her left ear, I would go into what I call erotic dirty talk mode. And I would want to create a visual. She mentioned this a few minutes ago, matter of fact, when she was talking about creating a visual. Because if there's one comment I've gotten from a lot of my ex-girlfriends and former lovers, and this led to me getting this nickname, the king of verbal seduction, is that a lot of women will say, Alan, you have a way of talking dirty to women that creates a visual in their in their minds. You, you don't just say a bunch of words. You, you express your words and desires in such a way that it makes the woman start visualizing what it is you're describing. And that's what I try to do each time. I think that's a very important element. And again, it is the difference of the sexes. Men probably spend 90% of their time on the logical, rational side of their brain. They're very linear. They're very direct. They get to the point. What's the bottom line like that? Mm-hmm. Women, you know, mistakenly so, but this is just how it is. They don't like a direct approach in general. They they think that you, you're going to get into an argument with them, and that ruins their sense of sociability. That ruins, like you say, their esteem in, in a social environment. What are other people going to think? They th- they're going to think we're fighting or something like that. So they can't have that. But one technique that does work with women is if you can lay out your words in a way that she thinks what if like if she can get into her fantasy mode you can lead her any which way you want to lead her so Mm -hmm. if you can get her to imagine what it would be like with you to fantasize what what it would be like with you um then you've got something to work with because that's how women's brains operate they don't want that direct approach they want you coming in uh, through the back door and giving them something that they can think over and give them, you know, in fact, if you can, in fact, I read somewhere in your book, you were saying um, that you kind of presented the idea of sex and then you kind of backed off and said, ah, you know, I can wait five months and I'll catch you. <laughs> let's do it in five. Let's do the deed in five months from now. I mean, I, I'm not recommending that the guy waits that long. But even if you were to say, let's wait two weeks, now she's going to go into a tailspin because she's going to think, well, what have I done that he has to wait two weeks? Why isn't he hot and bothered and ready to go for it right now? So women like that that being able to have enough time to think about it and to fantasize about it. And then, you know, you're golden at that point. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's funny you bring up that because uh, a lot of guys got a, both a chuckle as well as some guys were taking notes. Now, I preface this by saying I generally encourage men not to exhibit what I would refer to as manipulative behavior. And this technique was at least a little bit manipulative, but it used to work like a charm 
uh, I don't use it as much now, but when I was in my 20s and 30s, as you mentioned, what I would do with a lot of women um, is on one end, I would let them know how bad I wanted to have sex with them. I would basically say to them, oh, man, I want to have sex. I'm just aching to have sex with you. So right there, that would put in a woman's mind, okay, he not only wants to have sex with me, but he's impatiently and over-anxiously wanting to have sex with me. But then I would contrast that by I would pull out some type of calendar, either regular calendar or electronic calendar, and let's say, okay, like right now it's March. I would look at my calendar. I said, oh, yeah, let me leave. Okay, no, April, no, I'm too busy. Okay, May, no, that won't work. Okay, June, uh, okay, Ju- mid-July, man, <laughs> I am going to, and they would say, what? Mid-July? That's like 30 months from now, four months from now. You telling me you couldn't have sex with me in June? And I say, well, I don't know. Okay, maybe if I adjust a few things, I can have sex with you in June. Well, if you can have sex with you in June, how come you can't have sex with me? with me in May. Well, I don't know. I got a lot going on in May, but hmm, okay, I'll try to squeeze you in in May. Well, I mean, if you could squeeze me in in May, surely you could squeeze me in in April. And by the time they're done, they would end up saying, well, how come you can't have sex with me this weekend? And then sometimes they would even escalate to, how come you can't have sex with me today? <laughs> so if you've got her negotiating terms with you, you're pretty much done, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Signed, sealed, delivered. <laughs> yeah, it was the funniest thing, but I'll tell you, it, guys, if you listen to that technique, used to work like a charm. Um, assuming the woman had some degree of, you know, interest in me and attraction to me. Yeah, they used to work like a charm. So, um, yeah. All right. I think we have a caller on the line. Let me see if I can add him. Come on now. Ernie, are you there? I'm here, Linda. Hi, Ernie. You're on with our guest today, Alan Roger Curry. Do you have a question or comment for us? Uh, yeah, I have a comment. Um, and listening to your story, Roger, I mean, Alan, you're a blast to listen to, man. <laughs> I, I, I mean, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, hell, I want to date this dude. <laughs> Uh, Linda, the that you have. Uh, now, Linda, uh, here I'm. I'm a little confused. So I got I got on the show a little late today, but um, what type of woman, Alan, would you consider? Um, Linda, you're somewhat familiar with this story of mine. Uh, I can't even get on a verbal conversation with this one girl. We've been texting for like a year. And, you know, I've, I've told her, you know, I'll, 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 let's go out on a date. Let's get to know each other a little bit more. Um, and you know what her response to me was? Well, you know, talking on the phone is just way too personal. I would rather just text. And I think it's just getting ridiculous now. I mean, I, I don't even text her anymore. I don't even respond. And she still sends me a little message every now and then, even though I've told her. You know, I'm no longer going to respond to your text messages or Instagram messages or whatever. You have my number. Call me. I mean, I can't even get in. That's, well, I hate to tell you this, but 
that's what I, I would refer to as an attention whore. She's not really interested in sharing your company in any type of romantic or sexual manner, because if she was, she would want to hear your voice. And I'm hearing a lot of wind noise. Ernie, is that wind oh. on your end? Yeah, I'm outside. Let me, okay. let, me, let, me, let me go inside. Yes, please. And so, yeah, the fact that she just wants to limit your communication, her interpersonal communication with you to text messages means she's not really interested in you, but she wants to continue receiving flattering attention from you. That's all that means. She just wants to get flattering attention from you. Right. So is there any way to turn this around to where he does get uh, verbal communication? Uh, it, it's always possible. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but depending on how long they've had an interaction. One year. Before, a I, year. is long enough, I think. Oh, yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. It, I, I don't even think I put up with it for three days, let alone one year. Okay, Ernie, let me ask you this. Have you ever straightforwardly said, Hey, I want to share your company for X, Y, Z reasons. Have you told her specifically why you want to share her company? Uh, sort of in a roundabout way. Uh, well, I, yeah, because we have a lot of similar interests, and we're strong in family and grandchildren, and and we have a lot of interests. And I just told her, you know, I think we would hit it off. You know, let's have lunch, or you know. Now, see, this is what this is what you have to do. And this relates to my book, Mo One. You have to let a woman know, number one, that you're interested in sharing her company and as much as possible in specific terms, what type of companionship you're looking for. All right. I mean, it's just like you wouldn't go to a restaurant and tell a waiter or waitress, hey, I just want some good food. I mean, that could be anything on their menu. <laughs> right. You, you gotta let them know specifically. You know, I want the stuffed pork chop and the broccoli. Yeah, how spicy I want it. And it's the same. <laughs> I, I apply the same concept to dealing with women. You gotta let them know, because if you allow many women, particularly manipulative women, to waste your time, they will gladly waste your time. And the way you allow women to waste your time is by being very roundabout, beat around the bush, very vague and ambiguous about what your desires, interests, and intentions are. When I deal with women, beginning with the first conversation, even the first few minutes of the first conversation, I let them know specifically and straightforwardly that I'm attracted to them. I let them know that I'm interested in sharing their company, and I let them know that I am not interested in any type of purely platonic interactions with them. And then I let the conversation unfold from there. Okay. Now, now, Linda, weren't you saying something to the effect that some women find don't like the direct approach? I Did I most, hear that correctly? Most women don't like a direct, of, direct approach, especially when they're being seduced. So, you know, if you get into like fantasy mode and, and get them to imagine what it would be like with you, you know, that is a very effective approach with women. In other words, think uh, like Fifty Shades of, of Grey that sold millions and millions of copies of books only because it wasn't so much graphic as it was the idea of what's going to happen in that red room. She right. had no idea. So, you know, it was the buildup of it. So that approach is effective. Um, I think uh, what Alan is saying, the directive approach, it, there's a time and a place for a direct 
approach that does work, but I think in general, women are more responsive to an indirect approach. I see. And of course, it does help to have that verbal communication, which we don't have here. You don't have there. In fact, you, I would save that if I were you. And, And if you finally do get to see her in person, I absolutely would use a a direct, indirect approach. Absolutely. And to get her to get her juices going and get her to fantasize as to what it would be like to be with you. But she's not getting any of that now because she hasn't earned it, Ernie. Like, like Alan was saying, she's just, you know, wasting your time. She's a time waster. She's an attention whore and she's just doing this for self flattery. That's not doing you any good. You're not even part of the equation. No. So forget it. <laughs> hey, hey, Ernie. Yes. Uh, for you calling in, I want you to write me at coaching at mode1.net, M-O-D-E-O-N-E.net, and then I'm going to send you a complimentary copy of one of my three audiobooks. Cool. All Thanks, right. Ellen. All right, Ellen. Just Thank click you. the link from my Facebook page, uh, Alan, Alan Roger Curry's link, and then just private message him. But that that would work too, right, Alan? Yeah, that, that can work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. So That'd be my much Facebook easier. fan page, by the way, is also the same name as the show, the Men's Advocate Show, uh, with Linda Gross. If you haven't already, to my audience, if you haven't already signed up for that, hit the like page, which is that button in the top right corner near where the Shop Now button is. Um, and what that will do is each week you'll find out who our guests are and. And, uh, you know, uh, what we're talking about, I'll post links to the show of, of what we talked about, which I will do after this show. I also want to let the audience know that we have two days of trouble here, Alan. Tomorrow I'm going to be joining your show. So join us on Blog Talk Radio. And the name of Alan's show is Upfront and Straightforward. You're going to join us tomorrow, Thursday, March 24. That's 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 p.m. Eastern time uh he does have a call-in number as well and you can continue with our questions um with me or alan uh at that time tomorrow all right alan before we uh go because we only have a couple minutes left i want to talk a little bit about um first date sex i know that you do have a technique with regard to getting that done um some guys only dream of having first date sex uh so tell us a little bit about how to close the deal on a first date. Well, either the, the only woman you're going to end up having sex with on the first date is going to be a woman who's either a reciprocator or a woman who's a wholesome pretender. If a woman's a rejector or a manipulative time, matter of fact, we didn't get a chance to talk too much about the manipulative time waster. Right. But those two types are just out of the running. But I will just say with a woman who's a wholesome pretender, the key is... Again, you got to be verbally smooth, verbally seductive. You have to display a high degree of self-assurance. And if a woman starts resisting you or giving you some type of adverse reaction, the most important key is you got to remain cool, calm, and collected. Because a lot of women will test you. They'll test your backbone. And if they think they can change you, they will more... (laughs) they'll be more than willing to try to do that. So for example, let's say your interest is casual sex, say six weeks of casual sex and a woman wants a boyfriend, girlfriend relationship. She's going to try to get you to back down 
from your desire to have six to eight weeks of casual sex and instead change to her desire, her preference of entering into a long-term boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. But that's where you got to hold your ground and say, no, I'm not interested in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. I'm just, I, I let you know what I'm interested in. That's what I'm interested in. And I'm very confident that you are interested in the same thing and look them dead in their eyes. Always go for what I refer to as the left ear zone, which simply means to lean in and whisper into their left ear in kind of a seductive half whisper tone and start describing to them how you're going to please them and satisfy them in bed and let their mind take over. Awesome. I did have a question from uh, one of my listeners, and he, he asks, this is uh, from Brett, he asks, what happens when the man has had his fun and is ready to settle down? Um, he is 45 years old. He doesn't want any kids, but he does want to settle down. So what would you tell a guy like that? And I told him, basically, most women do want to settle down, but they also do want to have kids. So does he even need to get married? Like, why get, I, I'm thinking, why get married? And, you know, I mean, well, yeah, that, that, that would. Quickly, we have about 20 seconds. That would be his personal choice. I would say uh, that would be his personal choice. And uh, please tell that, that listener to call in. I'll give him a free audiobook too. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. You can listen to part two. I will be on Alan's show uh, tomorrow. I'll post the links on the Facebook fan page. Thank you, Alan, for joining us today. And we'll see you next time when every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you next time on the Men's Advocate Show.